listening to Hustlers to Housewives, the podcast bringing you the inside scoop on the adult industry from those who know it best. Join host Leanne Steele as she speaks to a wide range of guests, from Gen Xers to today's online beauties, discussing their experiences and stories, giving both unsolicited advice and hard laughs along the way. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Hustlers to Housewives. Today we are talking to Autumn Bodell. She is a fetish and adult model. I was asking how I should introduce her and I fucked up. But anyway, (laughs) that's who we're talking with today. We met at the expo, Exotica Expo. She's amazing. She's one of the sweetest people. You know what? She's friends with Whitney. Who? uh, Yes. Yes. Whitney is so dope, isn't she? Love her. Love her. There is absolutely nothing wrong with her. No, no. Find something and I'll argue with you about it. I'll be right there with you. (laughs) So welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Prior to this, we were talking about renting cars. And right now she tried to rent one. It was $450 a day. And we were talking about how people really think that models, especially like online, that they make a ton of money with like OnlyFans and loyal fans, which they do but they don't at the same time. It's a ton of work yeah. to put into it. And yeah. people are, because they hear mainstream that some of these girls are making, like there was a WWE person, I forgot her name. She's absolutely beautiful, but WWE, I think it's WWE, whatever, the wrestling shit, right? Was it Nadia? Uh, I don't know, but they fired her. Oh, okay, it wasn't Nadia. But she made like a million dollars. Oh yeah, it wasn't Nadia. And that's kind of mainstream. So that being said, people think that you make money hand over fist doing shit online and you don't, you don't because the people you you make the money, but you also spend your own money. It's just like any kind of a corporation or any kind of business where you have expenditures that you have to incorporate into your income. Sometimes you just break even. Many times you just break even, but you're hoping that that advertisement is out there and going to bring you more money. And when I say advertisement, it's like, so when I go to an expo, I may break even with my housing expenses, my rental car expenses, my airfare, my clothing, because you have to wear, I mean, you don't have to, but you have to wear attractive things when you're out in public like that. Hair, makeup, you're getting your nails done, your hair done. With all of those things, let's just say you spend $1,000 and you make $1,000, but you're hoping that that exposure, you know, that person that's going to walk by you and be like, hey, who are you? And you're like, oh, I'm Autumn Bodell. Well, maybe now they're going to look at a clip of yours and spend that $10 a month on your OnlyFans subscription or buy that $5.99 clip on your Clips for Sale store. I like to hand out stickers because I think stickers are like where it's at. You know, everybody loves stickers. It costs so much to make. And I'm hoping that even if I just hand out all of my stickers that day, I can hand out 500 stickers. And I'm hoping that five people will actually Google me. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's a really good point. And for real, like you can hand out 5,000 things. 480 of them could be on the floor. 
Yeah, I've walked around and seen my stickers on the floor and I pick them up. <laughs> you should because you're paying for them. Fuck that. Right. <laughs> what made you get into this? I started dancing when I was 20, 21. And I've always been a little bit on like the risque kind of. I mean, when I was in high school and younger than that, I was a tomboy. Same. I was so shy. I was so introverted. And I still consider myself an introvert. It's just oh, like I wasn't shy. Naked. You're not, no, not really. But when I did see you, when I saw you at the booth, actually, you did kind of seem shy. Well, okay. So when I'm working, I'm autumn. I'm working. I am out there. And you were introduced to me by a friend. Yeah. By the way, Sergio told me to tell you hello. Okay. (laughs) And how's your shoulders? (laughs) Shoulder hurts, but we're getting over it. And tell him I say hello. I would do that. Yes. You dance, you were a house girl? Yeah, I danced. And then that was like prior to 9-11. I came home, I danced in Houston. I started dancing in Houston and I'm originally from New Jersey. So I came back to New Jersey and a girlfriend of mine was involved in adult. And I was like, eh, I don't know if I can do adult yet. And she's like, well, how about you just go for a foot job? And I was like, <laughs> Sure. How difficult can it be? Holy cow. (laughs) It was difficult. It was very difficult. Can you explain what a foot job is? Because some people who listen to the show, you know, they're not stupid. They can probably guess. But well, let me tell you, it's so much more complicated than a hand job. A hand job is very, you turn the wrist around. There's certain ways to work it. But a foot job. You got thigh muscles involved that you're not used to using. Like your toes need to bend in all different kinds of positions. And it's when you jerk a cock off with your feet. They like it either between the big toe and the little toe, pressed up against the sole of your other foot. There's a frog position where you can lay on your belly more on like your hips and move your feet, your soles wrapped around or your toes wrapped around a cock and you jerk it off that way. The number of positions are countless of how to jerk a cock off with your feet. And it all really comes down to the flexibility of your toes, which I'm still to this day, I've seen some girls who are just, they have fingers as toes. It's unbelievable. They're magnificent. feet. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. I have high arches. So that's a good thing for me. A lot of people like high arches, but the thigh muscles, it's really intense. And after that first shoot, that was my very first shoot. It was hard to walk after that. It was. And you weren't even getting banged. You were the one doing the. Right. Yeah. No pleasure whatsoever, but financially. It sounds like a Charlie horse to me. (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly what it is it sounds like my toes would cram and i would just mine do sometimes mine do i have plantar fasciitis i found out like halfway through i would say maybe after two or three years of being a quote-unquote foot model i found that my feet would cramp in the middle of a foot job and i actually stopped doing it because i was like listen a a photographer, a videographer, they're paying for that cum shot. And I don't want to get a cramp five seconds before they're about to explode when I'm charging decent money for this. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to be that girl who can't 
perform or who just screws people over. So I actually stopped doing them for a long time. I've recently discovered that when my toes do start to cramp, it's just as sexy to kind of lube your hands up with oil and kind of glide your hands over the cock and foot and kind of like loosen out that cramp gradually and delicately and without it really distracting the scene or screaming. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cramp, 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 cramp. That's just what every guy wants to hear when he's getting off. (laughs) (laughs) That does sound like you're saying about the positions and it sounds incredibly difficult and sore. And I can see you being sore. Every job has its ups and downs. And even if you were to be in regular, the vanilla, quote unquote, boy, girl porn, that's hard. You get cramps too. Listen, when you're straddling a guy, bouncing up and down, your thigh muscles, let me tell you, you get a cramp in your calf. It's a very energetic job and people don't appreciate the work that we really do put into it. It's not easy. The person at home watching it is really not thinking about the amount of work that we're putting into it. You know, it's something that should be appreciated and not criticized so much. The people who criticize about what you do, like, oh, Mm -hmm. she does porn. They're the ones watching it. Right. On their couch, on their back, fingering or stroking themselves. But you know, none of the ones who criticize it can actually put themselves in that position. (laughs) Yep. It's true. Did you dance in Jersey? I did. Yes. Okay. Please don't tell me that Gogo Rama is still open. (laughs) You want me to tell you how long I lasted there? Yeah. (laughs) Seven minutes. Really? That's impressive. I've never heard of such a short time. What happens? I didn't know that it was a contact club. Okay. I've been in the adult business, but I did all like soft core, that pretty girl shit that like Skinamax and stuff like yeah. that. When the Playboy channel had its own content, I did Playboy channel. Yeah. My friend was telling me that she made money hand over fist there. I was like, all right, let me give it a try. You do like one song on stage and then yeah. you go around to get your tips. And these dudes are trying to touch me and I'm slapping everybody's hand away and getting aggravated. So one of the bouncers comes over and he said, Hey, I forgot the guy's name, but the owner or manager, whatever wants to talk to you. I said, okay. I go in his office and he goes, why are you hitting people? I'm like, because they're fucking touching me. And he goes, they're allowed to. I was like, Whoa. Okay. I got to bounce. Yeah. Well, okay. There's a difference between touching and touching and Over the years, it has grown to just touching. Like grope touch? Groping, like pinching nipples, like squeezing your boobs. I don't know if that's quote unquote allowed. So when I started dancing, I started right before 9-11. And that was, I want to say my generation of dancing really... I don't want to use the word screwed it up because that's not the right word, but it went from a very innocent style of dancing to a very brothel type of dancing. Exactly. When I did it, there was no champagne room, right? Right. People were like, oh, you do extra. No, there's no such thing. You stay on stage for 30 minutes. Yeah. So it is different. And then 
you guys came along and decided, well, let's not stay on stage. Right. I'm yeah. not saying that you suck dick in the VIP room. I'm just saying right. whoever, whatever girl got down on her knees first, she's to blame. Yeah. yeah. Let's go no, find her. I, it was, yeah. <laughs> let's find that one girl. We'll have her on the show and we'll have a round table and we'll just berate her. (laughs) (laughs) There's a huge difference to how dancing was. And I haven't honestly been in a club since I would say maybe a year prior COVID, two years prior COVID as a client or as a guest, even like I used to love going to clubs, even just to have a drink and go with some guy friends, because in my opinion, you go to like a dance club or a sports bar and there's a certain type of energy that's very rambunctious. When you go to a strip club, it's very mellow. You can have a conversation without yelling. A girl comes up, you give her a dollar, she goes away and you can continue your conversation. It's calming, so to speak. I do enjoy going as a customer to strip clubs But I haven't honestly been to one since maybe a year or two prior to COVID. So I don't know what they're like these days. But I do know when I started, that's when I was one of those people breaking the six foot rule, so to speak, because prior to my experiences, you didn't do lap dances. And if you did, you had to stand six feet away from the guy. Yep. Some of the bouncers would come over and fucking measure if they wanted to be a dick. Yeah. 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 And you were right. They did not even touch you. But when I started, I would do the thing like I'd put my foot up like on either a table or on like the arm of the chair and kind of like touch my skin and be like all sexual and stuff like that. But then I'm looking at the girl next to me and she's like literally grinding on his cock, you know, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm okay with that, I guess, because this is my job. So I eventually started doing the grinding on the cock. So I am one of those people who transitioned from the no touch to the, I mean, I wasn't sucking dick, but I was definitely grinding on cocks, you know, (laughs) the lap dance area at Gogorama for anybody who has never been there. It is a single chair raised up. So the girl has to straddle the dude and it's a nude club. And he said something to me about not going nude. And I'm like, I just don't do that. Did he make you go nude during your dancing though? Because for me, my experience is because I've done in New Jersey, they have bikini bars, yeah. which I thought was actually just I found that to be odd because I started in Texas and Texas was either topless or nude. And I started topless wearing pasties over my nipples, the little latex glue. And then if you were licensed, you could go and show your nipples. But I wasn't licensed at the time. So I wore pasties and a thong and it was booming in Houston. Let me tell you, like clubs were the size of Home Depot. I would leave there with a very nice handful of cash every night. And then I came to New Jersey and it was like, oh, well, we're a bikini bar. And I was like, what does that really mean? You know, like- <laughs> I like bikini bars as a customer because all the pretty girls are there. But, pretty girls don't well, want to take their clothes off. I worked at nude. So my first opinion was... 
the dirty girls work in the nude places and the pretty girls and the clean girls work in the bikini bar. But that's not true. There's just as much dick sucking going on in the bikini bar as there are in the nude. And But it's easier to talk a girl into dancing at a bikini bar. And I would say to them, I'm like, if you would work at Hooters, why don't you work? You're going to go to the beach and people are going to see the same thing. Right. It was way easier for me to talk girls into dancing at a bikini bar. Now, in the nude, you still did dances with a thong on. At Go Go Rama? I worked at the Harem, which is a sister club to the Bada Bing Club for okay. Sopranos. Yep. And we kept... Now, whatever happened in the VIP room, and I'm assuming it's in any club that you go to, the VIP rooms is your discretion how much you want to take off. But in the lap dance room... You still wore your bottoms because I know we didn't want to like zippers hurt. (laughs) I would be scared I would get something because a lot of these guys do come in their pants. Yeah. And I asked my friend, I'm like, aren't you scared that you're going to get pregnant? Yeah. (laughs) No, we weren't worried about that, but we were definitely worried about like. You could get an STD that way. Yeah. The dirtiness of grinding on someone's jeans. Some girls brought towels with them and place the towels over the man's lap. Okay. In my opinion, that kind of gives it away what you're doing. Not just that, but it ruined the mood. I'm a very energy type of person. I can make you come just by playing with your nipples or in my opinion, the amount of sexual attraction happens. Eye contact. Yep. Voice talking to somebody. So if you're like, hey, baby, you know, and you're talking to them and you're like all like deep in their eyes and then you're like, hold on, let me get this cum rag and throw it on your. (laughs) I don't mean to ruin the mood, but (laughs) like you think a condom is distracting. Let me tell you that kind of towel. But a lot of girls did it because they didn't want to get pimples on their butts or you're grinding on men's jeans. They could have been working at a mechanic shop that day or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And now your bare ass is grinding up and down on it. You definitely don't want your privates all over that. You seem clean. Like you're thinking about shit like that. And that's the kind of stuff I would think about. When I had Mink's Manor, I was watching one day and not that I'm a germaphobe, but kind of at the same time. One of the girls, Alana, she was playing with herself and then she would stop and she was typing. And I turned and I looked at the guys in the control room. I'm like, we got to get a cover. We got to get a cover for the keys because you can transfer stuff that way. Yep. Yeah. And it's just gross. Yep. And she was a squirter. Ah, all over the place. yeah, Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm the type of person after I film... That dildo is immediately going to the kitchen sink. I'm not touching anything. Hands are being washed. That dildo is being washed and placed on a towel, not on the countertop. Thrown in the dishwasher. Have you ever used the glass ones that are like Pyrex? I do. Yeah. Because you can make them cold. You can make them hot. You really can throw them in the dishwasher. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would use glass. I was going to say... Original thought was going to be like, usually my glass pieces, I use strictly on myself and I don't share with others. I've never 
inserted glass in somebody else yet. Not that my cleaning is any less whatever. Once I'm immediately done, I wash it immediately. I don't use the dishwasher too often for glass toys or any toys, actually. I know you can. I know it's very common, but I usually just spray the shit out of it, wash it off, throw it on a towel. I feel like if it sits there longer than five minutes, now it's like embedding into the rubber. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I see what you mean. So I know a lot of people that do use the dishwasher, but I feel like if I use glass on somebody else, the great thing about an actual penis is it bends and it forms with the female body. A glass does not bend. And therefore I get really insecure if I use it on somebody because I don't want to hurt them. Even like with long nails, I'm very aware of if I'm doing a lot of girl, girl scenes, I'll make sure that my nails are, there's no edges or anything like that, that can scratch them or anything like that. Here's you know? the ovaries. Yeah. <laughs> do you prefer to do girl, girl or boy, girl? I've always done girl, girl. I just recently started being more active in the boy, girl scene. I prefer girl, girl. I'm more attracted to the girl, girl. I wouldn't say I'm like a lesbian by any manner or even by. I was in an interview once with Sin Sage and she asked me what my preference is or what my, what do they call it now? Like the he, she, like all of these different verbiage for everything. I can't keep up to be honest with you. Yeah, I can't keep up either. But my answer was a chemistry. If I like you, I'll fuck you. There's plenty of people that I'm not sexually into, but I find them more to be on the male spectrum than the female. Females are hot. I'm not going to argue with you. I only like girls. So yeah, no, females (laughs) are hot. I don't even have to like your style, but like once we get into it, you're turning me on. I'm very more judgmental with men and most of Yeah, I'm usually not really with the male talent that I've worked with. Not that I don't like them, but sexually speaking, I'm usually more into the females. Because Sergio is hot. I'm not going to lie. Sergio is hot. Yeah, He's a good looking motherfucker for real. Yeah, he is. His body, he takes care of himself, his personality, the way he treats women. He is super respectful. He cooks. Yeah. He and I are friends. So he's coming over this weekend and he's going to cook. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So you guys definitely have to come sometime for dinner. I would love that. Absolutely. I would love that. I'm going to no uh, intended on the in that area. <laughs> I mean, if y'all end up in bed, just let me video it. Okay, deal. What if me <laughs> and you end up in bed? Can he video it? I don't see why not. Okay, cool. <laughs> the second time, not the first time. The first time I wanted to be just us. Okay, like, fair enough. We'll have that. That moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then be yeah. like, all right, well, now let's just do it for the camera. There is a difference. There is a huge difference. Huge. I got tired of my ex-wife and I used to, we were the ones that did Mink's Manor and I got tired of fucking her. Yeah. Yeah. And the first time, yeah, no, it does. People are like, how can you get tired of fucking her? I was like, mm, fuck her every day from 12 to three and you would too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus there's energy and it's not all a jet out just like fucking. There's got to be 
some kind of a spice. And that's one reason why I think with my adult content, I try to limit it more so because I do believe in having a life outside of camera. I do believe in holding off on certain things. I just started doing anal on film. And a lot of people are like, well, have you been in the industry for so long? And I think that it's because I wasn't just throwing it all out there from day one. I kind of let other people see certain sides of me when I was ready for them to see it. And when kind of things did become mundane in the bedroom, like, all right, well, I've been doing this for a few years. Let's get it on film now. Do you prefer the fetish bondage stuff or do you prefer the porn? Like, let's just fucking get it over with. Bondage will make me come every single time. And I don't mean like painful and Shabari is not painful, but like, I like restriction. Girl, I got some cuffs, cat and yeah. nine, nine tails, like come over. Let's I got you. It. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down and restriction is my thing, no matter how it's being done. Well, I'd say about a year ago, I was in a shoot and for some unknown reason, I knew I was not going to be comfortable with it, but I let the photographer mummify me and I called my safe word. Yeah. I called my safe word. And every time I do a bondage scene since then, it's been very touch and go. Fortunately, I work with a lot of people. I tell them prior to filming or even prior to committing to the shoot that I do have an issue now with bondage and I may not be able to fully perform the way they're expecting me to. And they either say, okay, we're either not going to do it or, okay, well, we'll work around it somehow and we'll make it happen. Fortunately for the people who are saying we'll work around it and make it happen, I am slowly starting to get my confidence back in bondage, which is great because You can go down on me for 10 minutes and I may or may not come. You restrict me and go down on me. It's a guaranteed come in five minutes. At least we can fake it for the camera. We can fake it. But I'm saying without faking, there was a shoot that I did early on in my career. It was a tickle, a tickle content for tickle abuse. And Kelly. Tickle abuse? Yeah, tickle abuse. That's what it's Um, called? It's actually what got me really put on like the market for tickle porn. And Tommy was a carpenter and he made all these little devices and would strap his models down to them. And another model would come in and tickle them. And this girl, Kelly Lynn Sage, she's still around. She's still a tickle person today. I was put into this thing, this device, this chair. My arms were strapped out wide, like a T type figure. And then my legs were in like a V and she had a Hitachi and she's tickling me and then vibrating me till I come and then tickling me and then vibrating me till I come. And then finally she was doing too. She was that good. She managed to use the Hitachi to the point where I fucking squirted across the room. My first time and really only time really squirting. And at the end, Tommy calls cut and he's like, I would have put something on the carpet had I known you were going to do that. And I was like, look at Kelly. She's the one that made this happen. It's awesome that that was his first thought. (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) 
it shows he's not like a total scumbag. <laughs> right. Yeah. You restrict me and I will have an orgasm. That's my thing. You're um, more of a sub than a dom. Over the years, I've actually become more comfortable with being a dom. Um, you comfortable with it before? I was not. I was not. I didn't have a voice. I'm an introvert. I was very shy. I was a tomboy. I didn't like my body. Literally, when I started dancing, I, prior to that, never wore a V-neck shirt because I didn't want anybody to see my little B-cup boobies. I swear to God, before I danced, I never took my clothes off in front of anybody. Yeah. The guy I was yeah. dating at the time, when I told him that I was dancing, he cried. I was like, what yeah. the fuck is wrong with you? He's like, you don't take your clothes off in front of me. I'm like, and we're done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I kind of knew what I liked and didn't like, but I always played it in my head. I was never vocal about it. As I got older and I did shoots, this lifestyle, this occupation really brought me into a comfort level that I've been needing my whole life, I guess, Mm -hmm. because before I always imagined these things in my head and while the guy's going down on me I'm like yeah eat that pussy I'm saying it in my head but not vocalizing it and it wasn't until I was able to start to vocalize it where I was like I kind of like the dom side I'm a very sensual dom I would like to say you can get me into my humiliation modes but generally speaking I'm like I'm that Dom that likes to have that like soft, subtle voice that whispers really mean things into your ear and tells you what to do. I'm not the berating, yelling at you type of person. I'm going to make you do what I want you to do in a very soft way to do it. That's actually more of a turn on for guys than I'm sure you could tell that when I was a Dom, I was an asshole, but the bitch vibe worked for me. Yeah. Yeah, it works for some people. And I love humiliation, but I've never done like, I didn't get into the cock and ball torture or anything like that. Because really, I would be scared. I think it was Whitney that was telling me that some girl like popped a dude's test. All set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm afraid of that. And you do electric, you do shop stuff too, right? I do do electric stuff. Yeah. I just had a fantastic sensual session um, two days ago where I did a combination of that Wharton's wheel mixed with like a Wharton's wheel is like a very spiky, pointy rolling wheel. As you roll it up their body, they're being pricked hundreds of times by this little pointy metal piece. Like a pizza Um, cutter. In case anybody is trying to figure it out, it's like a pizza cutter, but it's got like a ton of spikes on it. Right. It was a combination of that with, I had a really soft, cozy socks that I wrap around my hands and it's like very cottony and soft. And then uh, candle wax with ice cubes. Like that. Uh, My nails with feathers. I have like a feathery fan. And the guy afterwards, I was like, so how is it? And he's like, I didn't know if you were doing something hot or cold. Like my senses were all off balance. That made me really happy to like know that They don't know what to expect next. And he came two times, one right after the next. It wasn't even like, yeah, older man too. It's harder for them when they get older. Yeah. That is impressive. Like on both sides, on your side and on his side. Thank you. Thank you. I was very proud of myself. And you should be. The whole sensory thing. So 
I blindfolded someone and put mm-hmm. a scope in, but taped it on their heart. I love it. I'm going to steal that idea. Steal it. And you yes. would never fucking believe the shit that goes on because not only do they not know what's coming, yeah. they're listening to their heart race. Right. Before they come, after they come, like the whole nine. Yeah. I love that. I am definitely doing that. Yeah. Because yeah. I do the blindfold and I do like either headphones or earplugs to do like the whole sensory deprivation. But the stethoscope, that is fantastic. Yep. Definitely doing it. Thank yep. you. It paid to be a med student. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it definitely did. The first time that you did a video, mm-hmm. will it stick in your head forever because you were nervous? Well, the foot job was the first oh, time. Oh, that's I ever right. Did a video. That's right. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. And I do remember it as if it was yesterday. He had me wearing the leg warmers of all different colors, he had me wearing socks. I don't know if I was really bad or really good because he had me keep changing things. And I was like, I suck at this. And I don't think he ever hired me back, to be honest. I don't remember ever seeing him again because he was in New Jersey. And although foot fetish is a huge fetish, I never went back to that same guy again. I'm sure I sucked. I'm sure it was not. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure he had a very difficult time coming to my feet because I didn't know what I was doing. But yeah, I remember it. I mean, I had rainbow colored, rainbow bright leg warmers and everything he gave me. So yeah, I remember that like it was yesterday. I'll never forget that day. What's the weirdest custom video you've been asked to do? I get a lot lot of weird videos. Well, weird in a sense that you're like, really, are you fucking kidding me? But all right. That I've done or that I've declined? Ooh, that you've declined. That I've declined. declined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think of that. I get a lot of race play that I'll decline. I honestly did do one session with a guy because I'll do anything once. But he's asked me to come back even recently. And I explained to him, I was like, I don't want you to pay for something that I'm not going to be good at. You're paying a lot of money. I want you to get what you're paying for. And I'm not comfortable doing it. And he was like, well, I am the race thing either. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't feel right. Yeah, it doesn't. It's more common than you would actually think as well. And to whoever wants that, I'm not one to sit here and pick and choose what gets you off, but it's just not for me. Um, But you have to enjoy getting them off or else they're not going to get off. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why I declined. I was like, it's not for me. There's some things that I do. I'm a pleaser. I like to please my clients. It gets me off to know that they're getting off to me. That's what gets me off. So I may not necessarily be into what's some recent requests. A lot of people ask me to knock them out during scissor holds and wrestling. I was going to ask you what, because you have scissoring on your site. And I was going to ask you what that was. Yeah, it's not like the lesbian singer. That's what I was thinking. I was like, really? Like lesbians come to her and want a scissor? Yeah, no, no. Okay. It's the wrestling move where you like you wrap your thighs around their neck and you cut off the circulation. Mm -hmm. It's not just wrestling, but it's also like a breath play type of technique. And a lot of people, they want to pass out. I've been asked to beat people to a bloody pulp. They want to be punched in the face. 
until they're bleeding. I say, no, I will not do that. I do have a regular that he wants to be punched in the stomach. Not my thing. Definitely not my thing. I do it. I punch him in the solar plex. Mm -hmm. He likes to have the wind knocked out of him. And I've been sessioning with him well over two years. And I love it because I get into when he inhales and I'll like it on the same breathing technique as him, like the inhale, exhale, inhale, and I'll either punch him during an inhale or punch him during an exhale. I watch his body reactions and I can usually tell right before he's going to call his safe word and end the session because I can see him starting to twitch. I can see his lip starting to quiver. And that's what I love. That's what I'm really into. Like the body language. You can't lie. Your body language cannot lie. Agreed. And I love pushing somebody to their limit and knowing what they're feeling without them telling me verbally what they're feeling. And I think that's why I won't do like knockouts because a lot of times, especially if I'm doing like a scissor hold knockout, I have knocked people out. I can hear that release of air right before they knock out. There are sound effects and body language that it's very difficult to see, but I can pick up on it when somebody is being knocked out. If you're my first time client, I will not do it to you. I don't even like doing it in general, but it's the body language that they're experiencing that it's very important to look for. Ball busting. How much can this fucking guy take before he's going to say stop? When I want to push them, I have an hour with you. If I can get you to session for 50 minutes and call your safe word, my job is complete. I want to push you that whole time and make you not last the entire hour. It's a tease for me. It's a game for me. Like I want to push you to your limit 10 minutes before we call our last hour moment. I want to see your body language. I want to see you going to your extreme, even without like a fetish, so to speak, even if it was like to be like a hand job or a blow job or sex. I want you quivering, begging for that orgasm. Do you find that your fetish guys get turned off by your porn guys? There are definitely guys who, like when I started an OnlyFans page, OnlyFans was so difficult for me, or even loyal fans or any of these other like subsidiary sites where most of my stuff I post on clips for sale. It's for me, my fetish content. A lot of people, if you're naked, will not buy that clip. A lot of people, if you're adding any type of sexual content, they will drop you. They do not like you like hybrid, like a hybrid model. The fetish community is super. I didn't realize this. I think it was Whitney that was telling me. And then Sergio kind of confirmed it that the fetish community, they're really fickle with that. That's not what they they want to see. No, they don't. And my OnlyFans or my loyal fans, loyal fans actually gives you the option to pick and choose what kind of content you want to see. OnlyFans is kind of subjective. It's like one or the other. People don't buy my sex clips. People would rather see me with a foot in my mouth than a dick in my mouth. But on my on all of these sites, I do connect with the fan personally. And I'm like, What do you want to see? Do you want to see the fetish? Do you want to see the feet? Do you want to see the scissor holds? Do you want to see the sex? 
I do have a small following on those other sites where they're like, yeah, I want to see it all. Like I just shot with Joey's feet girls and we did a boy girl scene where my feet were in the scene the entire time. Mm -hmm. And people tipped me on top of being my subscribers. They were like, yeah, this was hot because they got to see both of it. But that's very rare. Let's just say I have a thousand followers in life, not on any of these. I would love to have a thousand followers. (laughs) Well, let's see if we can get that. Yeah, right. Let's just say I have a thousand followers. I would say 900 of them are strictly fetish. They don't want to see me having sex. The ones that I do involve my sex with, or I ask them about the adult content. Do you like seeing this? What is it you want to see? They want to see me overpowering the man sexually. They want to see that dominant riding him, controlling him to be the damsel in distress getting fucked. Not going to sell. They don't want to see that part. If they do want to see the sexual side of me, they want to see the dominance. I can see that. Even though you say that you're an introvert and you were shy, you did look kind of shy standing over there. But you know how some girls, they look shy, but it's attractive? Yeah. It was like really cute and attractive when you look kind of shy. I mean, Whitney, you just look at her and you know you don't fuck with her. Right. Yeah. You have like Whitney-esque or adjacent type vibe when you talk about the domination stuff or the bondage stuff. I can absolutely see people wanting to see that and that it's sexy. Thank you. It's working so far. Hey, that's what matters. What booth were you at? I was at Queer Crush. Okay. What is that? They're a site based out of Vegas and they're a girl, girl site. Everything is a lesbian, girl, girl, sex, fetish. They don't want the played up we're just getting together to shoot a scene kind of thing. They want the lifestyle. They want it to be real, legit girls who are into girls, not just, should I say, gay for pay. And they don't even pay. They're a strict trade. You're in it for the love of it. They set up the studio space and the camera space, and they'll do the technical end of it. But they want two girls. They'll ask you, you know, like, do you want to shoot with this person? Do you want to shoot with that person? Are you attracted to this person? You oh, know? they give you that kind of option. Yeah. Yeah. They okay. don't want it to be, hey, come in here and film a porno. They want it to be like, hey, what do you think of this person? Go Google her. Check her out. If you're interested in her, let's make something happen. They so. should film you guys on the first date and then go home and fuck. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or film yourself on the first date and then get a U-Haul and then fuck like fuck yeah. in the U-Haul. You know how they you always know say what's that. Funny. You say that during COVID, he's now my co-producer. He does all my editing and everything for me, but he used to be one of my session clients during COVID. I drove up to him. The hotel kicked me out Why? because I was not an essential employee. So I drove home six hours driving back home and he felt horrible. He's like, I'm so sorry you came up all the way here. He's like, do me a favor, come up again next week. I'm like, they're not going to let me. He's like, we're going to rent a U-Haul and we're going to session in the U-Haul. And I was like, 
All right. So we made a whole clip. If you go on my clips for sales store, it's called moving day. And we did a whole session where I was moving and I got held up by somebody and he had a whole tickle dungeon inside of a U-Haul and he tickled me inside of the U-Haul during COVID. We didn't even take it out of the U-Haul parking lot. Like, (laughs) Oh my God, that's fucking hilarious. I wonder if like they have some of it on camera for I'm sure they do. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. I love that. I love Yeah. That. It's a good idea. Yeah. The things that we did during COVID really brought out some interesting angles in life. It really did. Because you had to be more creative. And like you're already yeah. creative as it is, but your creativity had to be at a whole new level. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. It Great. really did. Like, and I know that. I honestly don't know how some strip clubs stayed open. I really don't. I mean, did the girls wear masks when they... I know in New Jersey, a lot of them went outdoors in tents. But Um, you're still in closed with somebody. So it's the same fucking thing. I agree. But the legal thing was you couldn't do it indoors. So they got little tents in their parking lots and they put like the poles that you can move. And they put the poles inside of the tent and people sat and they put little heating lamps. You know what? Fuck that with getting on a pole that is movable. Like, oh, we're going to transfer it over here now. No fucking way. No. Again, I know a lot of girls who I'm still friends with who danced through that whole thing. I think there was a place in like Vegas or something where like there was a bus that brought the stripper to the guy's house or something. I mean, people just got very innovative during COVID. But definitely an industry that I really feel for the club owners, the managers, and the girls. Because sex can sell throughout anything. Even when I was dancing, when I started, it was pre-9-11. And after 9-11, you slowly started seeing the decline in the economy and in the money and everything. And you would always say, and I also bartended, so it was like sex and alcohol. They're the two things that can survive. COVID, on the other hand, it hurt. It hurt the industry by far. It hurt the strip club industry. I know a couple, one in Mass and one here in Connecticut that just didn't make it throughout. They just didn't. And the girls that were going to get to work, you really didn't want them to work. No. They worked in a whole different way. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, there were plenty of clubs in New York State and New Jersey that shut down. And even now they're struggling because everything's online. That's true. You can get anything online. I think that strip clubs, I say this all the time, and I think I'm right because it's my opinion. I think those clubs are going to be pretty obsolete. I would say like in the next five years, because you can get whatever you want, even in action online. Yeah, I tried telling some friends of mine who own strip clubs, I was like, you should put a camera in the VIP rooms and start doing webcamming. The only reason I would say strip clubs won't go out is because people do still want that person to person in contact type of connection. But having a club with 20 to 100 girls working a night, those places are closing. That's not going to work. Like, I love the clubs in Vegas. Yeah. Vegas isn't like Connecticut or Michigan. Vegas is a vacation spot. It's like Manhattan. Manhattan, I can see. Vegas, I can see. But everywhere else, New Jersey, the other places are not going to 
it's going to be a very iconic kind of location. I follow Rick's Cabaret on Instagram. And they're still open. They're a chain. I started with them in Houston. There was a Rick's. No shit. It's like Scores and Stiletto, you know, like they're all over the place. Is Scores still open? Yes. Okay. It's at, at Sapphires, I believe. Because they went through a whole legal thing with girls actually drugging their clientele. What the fuck? Is it related to the Sapphire in Vegas? That I don't know for sure. I want to say yes. There was actually a movie, like that Hustler movie, that Jennifer Lopez. Yep. That whole movie was my generation. Yeah. How we made money, but we did not drug the guys. Yeah. That part was not. But the how right. they were making money hand over fist by not doing much of anything. Yeah. It was very much what it was like when I first started. Right. Yeah. yeah. That was the tail end of when I started and they were drugging people. <laughs> would you do this all over again? If you could talk to your 18 year old self, would you say, yeah, I'm going to keep doing it. Do it again. I would have made it more of a business when I was younger. I didn't appreciate it when I was younger. I was making five grand a week letting that money go right out the window. When I was 20, let's say 20, the people I should have been following were buying real estate. They were making it a retirement business. You know? Not a job. Not a job. Yeah. I was one of those people who were like, yeah, I'm not going to do this when I'm 40. And here I am 40 still doing it because I didn't put my money in the right places. I wasn't smart enough. But I you're doing led. it different. I'm not wrong. I'm not hating where I am, but I would have done it differently for sure. I would have, still I would have saved my money more. Yeah, I think we all, I did. I went to school and did all that. I got degrees in everything. I oh, that's, like, that's badass. Yeah, I was into nursing, medical anthropology. I'm a welder. I do holistic medicine. I have a health and wellness career and uh, oils outside of the industry and stuff like that that I do. But Nothing beats the money that I was making when I was 21. I agree. And if I had saved that money and bought a house here and there, I would have definitely done my earlier career. I would have definitely done it a little bit more looking down the road as opposed to living in the moment. If you had a daughter, would you be okay with your daughter being in the industry? I would be okay with her being in the industry, but I would definitely direct her and give my opinion of what she should and should not look out for. But at the same time, a girl in the industry now, it grows differently. My opinion is old school. What I would tell my daughter would probably be maybe even on the dangerous side, because when you're living in it, you can put a computer, other than this Zoom call that we're on, I wouldn't know the slightest thing about it. You know, (laughs) like... There's a huge generation gap. So if I had a daughter when I was 18, 20 years old, and we were a little bit more closer in time, then sure, I would expect her to confide in me and take my opinion and my advice. Would a 21-year-old now listen to my opinion? And with certain things such as like how to save your money and bank on it and create it as a career... I think the business aspect of it is always be fairly close to the same thing, but where the money's at, I mean, I just started getting into all these fansly and loyal fans and only fans and 
I don't know how to run those things. Where a 21-year-old, they're prime for that. Social media. They're born with the chip in them. Yeah. Like a toddler can set your phone up for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I might ask a 21-year-old for help on social media. I wouldn't expect my daughter to listen to my advice when it comes to Instagram. If you had a son, would you be okay him dating somebody in the industry? Or either way. Absolutely. We're tested. We're honest. We're open. We don't judge people. We're non-judgmental. For the most part, the vanilla people are the more dangerous ones, in my opinion. They hurt each other. They criticize each other. They make fun of each other. They put each other down. I definitely would be okay with somebody dating somebody in the industry if they were doing it smart. If they were doing it do you tell people what you do? Honestly, I feel them out before I do. Like when you date somebody, are you dating? Well, no, but when I do date, when I first meet them, before I have any kind of sexual content with them, yes, I do tell them what I do because it is their right to know before they start having any kind of sexual interaction with me that I do have sexual interactions with other people. I am putting you at risk for chlamydia or gonorrhea or something, even though I am tested, but you still never know. And if you're going to bring it to that level of having any kind of sexual interaction before you emotionally, you need to know that you're not going to be the only one I'm having sex with. Have you dated Um, people that were okay with it? Yeah. I've also dated people that weren't okay with it. And I told them like, okay, well then people are just sucking on my feet for the next few years, you know, (laughs) like I'm able to still make money off of being content with my relationships come first. Okay. That's actually pretty smart because some fans, they're not always going to be there. It's a specific generation. When I was dancing, the older dudes like me, most of those dudes are, I'm not really sure if they're around. right? Right. Yeah. That makes sense. It's cool that you adjust what you do, it's cool. And it's not at the same time. I'm not saying not cool, but I mean, it's smart to adjust, but at the same time, they knew what they were getting into when they, it's that fine line. Yeah. If I'm with somebody who appreciates who I am as a person, if they're not okay with me being a quote unquote adult star, but say, a year after us being together. And I'm like, listen, somebody's really been hitting me up to film a content. Will you be in it with me? And if you don't want to be in it with me, do you mind if I do it with somebody else? But this is my money. This is my income. Please let's talk about this. Don't just say no. And if they do, then listen, I need to survive. I don't require, I'm very flexible. Like I'll work with you. You don't want me having sex for a living. Fine. I can do foot jobs. I can do foot worshiping. I can do wrestling, but you need to be understanding like I'm doing this for you. If something comes on down the line that I need to do, we need to actually have a heart to heart about it. Fortunately, most people know who I am and what I do, and they haven't really put me in that position too often. So I've been very lucky. I would consider lucky in everything. Like, Communication is key, whether it's a relationship or a dom sub relationship. If you're not going to communicate with me, I'm not going to session with you. 
you can offer as much money to me as possible. But if we can't communicate, like, and I'll tell that to people through email, I'll be like, can you do this, this and this? And they'll be like, well, why can't I do this? And I'll be like, well, because this is my career. Can you please do this, this and this? And they'll be like, well, I don't feel comfortable. I'll be like, well, then we're not sessioning because we're not even communicating through an email. I have no problem turning money down. If I think you're going to be a hazard and you're not going to do what I, through experience, have learned to be the best route. I am very flexible. If you're telling me you're not comfortable with some, I don't make people get Cash App to tip me through Cash App. If you're comfortable doing Amazon, send me an Amazon gift card. I'm going to buy something. I bend. I'm not like my way only. And if I'm that fluent and I'm that adjustable with you, I expect you to be that way with me as well. And if you're not, then we're not supposed to be together, whether it be relationship-wise or romantically or subdom. If somebody right away wants to bend your rules and cross your boundaries, it's unsafe for you to be around them anyway. Exactly. For that exactly. kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that you would say, no, it's all right. I'm right. good. Like it doesn't matter about the money because what if you get there or what if you're doing something and you really do get hurt? Like your life or your hospital bill is not worth what you're going to get. Yeah. I feel like I've been very lucky. I've been in the industry since the early, early 2000s. I can't say I've had any type of unsafe. There was this one person out in LA who wanted me to do a wrestling session with them. And their first email was, I want to beat the shit out of you. You got to know jujitsu and we're going to go down. And I was like, not going to happen. I can tell right off the bat that you're like really eager and more trained than I am. And I'm not what you're looking for. And they're like, well, what if I could teach you? Can you give me a hundred dollars off? I was like, fucking says that, right? Can I have a discount? I was like, this isn't what I'm about. No, they changed their email, but I could tell through their verbiage that it was the same person. And they Someone talks me the up. same. Right. I had to keep telling this person, no, no. Like, I'm not going to bend my rules for you. That's I good. do just fine without having to. Yeah. You know, you did fine before that one email yeah. and you'll do fine reading the next email. Exactly. So. Exactly. I know I took up a lot of your time. I'm looking at my questions and I don't have my glasses on. I should just do them in fucking Braille, right? So I can can do it. All right. Sweet or salty? I'm a Gemini. Oh, you fucking crazy bitch. Yeah. (laughs) You're a crazy bitch. I do have on here. What's your sign? (laughs) Wow. Okay. All right. So you do like my mood. Dogs or cats? I have dog humor, but I have both a dog and a cat. But the cat thing is new since I've been here. It's a new thing. Okay. God, I hate to say Gemini again, but I'm gonna. <laughs> you can because you're crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Which yeah. <laughs> Geminis are nuts. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. in a good way and sometimes in a I'm dumbfounded that you're that fucking crazy way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Taurus with a Scorpio rising. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm on the cusp of the tours. So I'm a stubborn Gemini. Yep. And I didn't know this, but my godfather told me that as you get older, you turn into your rising. Oh. So I'm just turning into more of a bitch. Okay. Because it's it's Scorpio. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Favorite meal? Grilled cheese. Okay. All right. I love grilled cheese. Do you cook? No. You're like grilled cheese. Unless I have somebody to cook for, but it's usually just me. And I'm not going all out on some shit for leftovers. Do you, do you every enjoy day. it? No. 
Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite season. Autumn. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I should have known you were going to say that. Yeah. What song would you say best describes you? One by Metallica. I got to listen to it. Yeah. It's all about war and terror and hurt. (laughs) But I love it. I I definitely have to listen to that. Yeah. Well, I took up a lot of your time and thank you so much for coming on the show. I could sit here and talk with you yeah. for like another hour because you're very easygoing. And I knew that I was like right away when we first met, I knew I was going to get along with you. And yeah. then you told me that you knew Whitney. And I think the fucking world of her, she's just yeah. such an amazing person. You know what it is? She's so real. Yeah. Yeah, she is. I like, love her. That's all it is. Like, I'm a very real person. What you see yeah. really is what you get. Right. And exactly. I don't have to fake or front. So I knew I was going to get along with you. That's awesome. Yeah. How can everybody who's listening come see your stuff? Automodel.com is the best way. I have a calendar page, so you can always see where I'm going to be next. I have a links page, so you can always go to any of the stores where you want to purchase any of my clips. Instagram is just changeable every day. Twitter so far seems to be working, but... (laughs) autumnbodell.com that is my one site that i control myself so that I'll put it. it in the description okay when i do it you know i probably should do it for everybody i didn't even think about that until just now when you were saying it so yeah. maybe i'll go back and add it in so guys you can see her and her beautiful self and what really is like super attractive mm-hmm. i'm not going to lie like she's super sexy her demeanor <laughs> your demeanor is super sexy it's autumnbodel.com. Go check her out. And the clips for sale. You can see all that stuff. Yeah, it's on my links page. Yep. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was wow. a blast. Cool. Oh, good. I'm glad you had a good time. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hustlers to Housewives. We hope you enjoyed our frank and funny discussions with some of the most interesting people from the adult industry. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please reach out to us on our website or Twitter. Please like and leave a review on your podcast platform. Until next time, keep laughing, learning, and keep on hustling. Hustlers to Housewives.